This podcast is part of the How We Are Network. For information on this episode and many other like-minded shows, visit howweare.org. That's H-O-W-W-E-A-R-E dot O-R-G. And welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I'm your host, Ray Harkins. Thank you for joining us on this fine afternoon, morning, night, whenever you're listening to this. I know a lot of people listen at work. What are you doing? Are you able to be productive while I am talking to you? I know myself, I can't listen to podcasts or anybody talking to me while I'm like working, whether it's writing emails or whatever the case may be. It just distracts me. Kudos. I appreciate that. On the episode today is John Vigil, the vocalist slash frontman slash hype dude. Uh, Yeah, I guess he's a hype dude because essentially that's kind of what vocalists are for a band called The Ghost Inside, a modern metalcore, hardcore, whatever you'd like to label them as, something core. More on him in a minute. Let's talk some business and get some stuff out of the way. I don't know if you noticed last week, but we had a we had a cool ad. Audible, yeah? Why don't you sign up for a free book? Audiblepodcast.com backslash 100 words. That was just a free plug for them. But if they see that a lot of people have signed up for them, it gets you a free book, then it helps the show. They will take out more ads and just make me millions of dollars because that's essentially all I'm in it for. Propertyofzack.com are continued partners. They post the show. We love their website. They post information about new releases, tours, whatever you need from independent music, find there. Propertyofzack.com. Review the show. Go to the iTunes store. Write some nice words. We've had some people picking up the pace recently in the new year, and I am paying attention to you, so thank you very much. There's, there's people who are giving shout-outs in their review to me in regards to, oh, I know you read this, so hey, what's up? <laughs> I appreciate that. And uh, visit the website, 100wordspodcast.com. You'll find some other tidbits that happen throughout the week. Just another place to hang out. And I I like hanging out. But there are a lot of other changes that are coming to the show. People have been emailing me, 100wordspodcast at gmail.com. Some, uh, you know, changes. Whether they'd like to see something more, something less, different guests, whatever the case may be. I'm kind of trying to incorporate some of that. So if you have suggestions, please email the show. Always love to hear from you. Something else that's been on my mind recently. I just took a trip to the beautiful island of Maui in Hawaii. Was able to, uh, you know, unplug and focus on real life stuff for a moment. And, you know, actually enjoy my family and hang out with my parents and my wife and my kid and all that other stuff. It was so nice to be able to do that. I know it sounds stupid where it's like, oh, yeah, vacation. Of course it's nice. You're in fucking Hawaii. Like, that's great. But to be able to kind of like look at things in a new light and look at something that is such a stable thing in your life and get excited about it. Um, whether that's like a relationship, I mean, for me, that's, that's what it was, or whether it was, you know, whether it's something else in your life that's, you know, whether it's your parents or whatever, something that's like, it's been in my life forever. How the fuck do I get excited about that again? And it's funny because it's like, you know, here we are 90 some odd episodes into a podcast. So that's like, you know, a lot of time that I've been able to do this and a lot of you have shared on that journey. And it's like, how do you get excited about this? It's kind of one of the topics of conversation that I actually have with John this week 
is just like, you know, how do you stay excited about something that you're so entrenched in for such a long period of time? It's either you have to do it yourself, whether, you know, a, a shifting of perspective or whether that's like rededicating yourself to whatever it is that you're into, just being like, okay, kind of a rut right now. I'm going to push through it and I'm going to do what I can to make this new, make this fresh, make this exciting. Because after all, that's what life is about. You kind of need that push because otherwise, if you fall in the rut and stay in the rut, I mean, you're in it. Life sucks. You, you're in this maze and you constantly go around not having any sort of real true joy and just kind of, you know, whatever existing. And like, that's the worst. And that's over the, you know, maybe the past four or five months, I've kind of felt that in some ways. And so I am fucking pumped. So I just wanted to share that with you. John Vigil. So I have known him for quite some time and I had him on a previous podcast that I did with some friends. He's just, uh, he's a very introspective and thoughtful guy and I was excited to have him. He came over to my house and um, we had a very, very nice chat, even though we chatted about some super heavy stuff. It uh, it was all very meaningful, and I learned a lot about him, and um, I think you will enjoy it. I mean, for one, he's obviously in a popular band, but for two, he's definitely a real dude. When I say these people, a, a lot of us have a tendency to put people in bands on some sort of weird pedestal where it's like, oh, yeah, they're, that's who they are. And yeah, they're real humans, but, you know, we don't have a tendency to, like, think about people in that perspective. So that's what the whole point of this show It's to basically just be like, you know, this, whatever struggles you're having are exactly what all of us are having. Because of that, it makes, you know, and myself included, you know, feel less alone. You're like, okay, we're all in this kind of weird life struggle together. So anyways, without further delay, here is my conversation with John Vigil, and I will talk to you afterwards. No, I think that kid, I see that kid every show, he sucks. No, it was, it's actually quite the contrary because, like, it's one of those things. I mean, I'm sure you see this obviously from yourself at shows where it's like, the the impression that I always got of you was just like, I mean, I obviously completely and for every right reason, you know, you were just like, oh, you're one of those El Segundo kids. And it was always this instantaneously that area was supportive of Taken, mm-hmm. just like more so than Orange County, like, cause that they were obviously into the, you know, bleeding through and throwdowns, not like, I don't know. It was just weird. It was like, it, oh, why are these kids from like the South Bay? Just like, yeah, like we love what you've got going on. It was cool. But, and so I obviously put you as a part of that. But the thing that always struck me about you individually was just like, you're enthusiastic, but you were like, I guess for lack of a better term, like cool about it. You had this like balance about yourself where you were like, you know, like I didn't feel like you were going up to me and like punishing me or yeah. anything like that. Cause I mean, you know, like I made it a very, very good point to not do that, you know? And, and it, yeah. it, it, it's weird to have that. Cause I mean, I think everybody goes through that, like no matter where you're at in your life, where you're just like, man, I really like the work that, that person does, but then I don't want to do that. But like when you're young, you very rarely yeah, have yeah. a filter. Yeah, yeah. You're just like, oh, here's everything. Yeah, yeah. Ah. yeah no, dude, I, I know it's exactly what you mean, man. <laughs> and the, but I, I just, it, it was something that struck me like, so whatever. I mean, wh- whether I attribute it to maturity or you having the cognizance to be like, nah, okay, I should like, I'll make myself known. Like, yeah. we're cool. Like, cause you see me everywhere, but yeah. I'm not like, I'm not going to do yeah. that to you. And I think that the thing that impressed me about that was like, Obviously, once I started to see you, you know, like start a band up and like start to get out there and like, you know, just do it. It was one of those things where it was like that enthusiasm translated to that because some people have that enthusiasm 
really quickly, and then they're gone within a year. Yeah. I wouldn't say like a lot of people that you came up with, but a lot of people that you know just get independent music yep. at that age, they get burnt out so quickly. And Absolutely. I mean, it's like, do you? Is it one of those things where it's like, obviously, you, I mean, you've been in it so long that you're not ever going to give up. But what kind of like kept you in that to where you didn't get like burnt out or jaded or anything from that perspective initially? The, the feeling I got from going to shows and stuff, like, like it's kind of, I almost can't describe it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you know the feeling of seeing, you know, uh, like looking forward to a show, you know, weeks, months, you know, mm-hmm. in advance, and, and finally getting there, and then just feeling like. Uh, just the excitement, like, just overtake you, you know? Like, um, I mean, I don't want to use, I don't mean to use Taken as a reference, okay. but, like, you know, going to Taken shows. I'll take shows, it, I'll take it. But yeah. <laughs> but going to Taken shows, you know, like, I like I would get chills, like, watching you guys play, you know? Yeah. Like, 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 I remember the first time I heard, you know, Best I Had, I was, like, blown away. Like, right. I was, like, I didn't know, like, I didn't understand that music could give that feeling to anybody, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And that was one of the first songs that I ever really noticed it with, with about, like, I just, like, the feeling I got from that, like, I didn't ever want to, like, because at the time I was, you know, I mean, even now I'm straight edge, you know, yeah. at the time I was straight edge and I didn't really have an outlet to like, kind of like surround myself with something like mm-hmm. I did with music, you know, right, like right, I, right. I couldn't be so like, a lot of, you know, some of my friends who weren't so much in the scene, like got real big into drugs or got real big into sports or right. you know, nothing really kind of grabbed me. And then, and then, you know, music and going to shows like that just, opened it up just, it, dude, yeah. it just, it was just like, that's all it was. That's all yeah. I like, yeah. you know, and it, and it, and it, I mean, for people like you and I, like, it is weird to see that, that whole, like like that whole burnout where it's just like people do. Cause like, obviously this is what we are involved in is youth culture based. And by the time that you're of a reasonable age between 22 and 25, you're expected to move on in some capacity. Mm-hmm. 100%. And it, it's always, you know, and so it's like, you don't look at those people, you don't look at people that do that. And you're just like, Oh, why'd you do that? And you're like, why am I still doing <laughs> exactly. exactly. That, that, that self-reflection. You're like, yeah. How come I haven't moved on from this? Yeah, hundred percent. I've 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 definitely looked back at the times where you know the the kind of music friends that I grew up with kind of dwindled and you yeah. know like like exponentially, and right. it makes sense. You know, people are like, you know, this is fun, but I I, I can't do this for the rest of my life. You know, right, right, right. I, I think it takes um, you know certain kind of people who can do this for the rest of their lives, whether it's in one field or another, whether it's starting a label or right. you know working for a you know a a band or being in a band or something like to, to surround yourself with something like this. It's, I think it's, it's not for everybody, mm-hmm. you know? And when you first get into music, you like, it's, it's something that it's, you feel the camaraderie and you feel like it's your world. And then once you kind of see that there's more to the world than just yeah. the music scene, then you're like, okay. And then I'm, you know, I, I can, I can keep this here and right. visit it when I want to, but I got this other stuff going on. You know? Right. 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 And for me, it's like, you know, as corny as it sounds like all I've ever really wanted to do was to, to be in a band. My father was a musician and played in bands his whole life. And, and I remember going to see his, him play and I was just like, Oh, I really want to do this. This is so cool. You know? What's your, what style of music did you play? Um, well, I mean, obviously he, hardcore. He, uh, yeah. <laughs> Clearly hardcore. Clearly hardcore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> It's funny because he he never really played original music. He was right, only in really cover, cover bands, bands. Yeah. yeah. But he, which is common of that generation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He he was in. It's <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah, he's in a Rolling Stones cover band called the Rolling Clones. Uh, I was gonna say because it's like you have the you know the Iron Maidens. Like yeah, you, have, you just have these little tweaks, but they're just so good. Yeah. So, so he was yeah. in the Rolling Clones. Love it. And uh, you know I'd, I'd see him go play a bar sometimes, and you know when I was younger, and and, and what did he? What did he play guitar? He played guitar, yeah. Nice. He played guitar and did backup backup singing. And sure. He uh, I saw him play it like, yeah, I think he played it uh, Six Flags or Knott's Berry Farm one time, and I thought I was like I was like oh my dad's a rock star. Like, I was like he made it. He's like this is the pinnacle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You know, and I, I don't know, just being there, I was like, I, you know. How old were you at that time when you started to, like, witness your dad play on stage? I was young. I yeah, was yeah. probably, like, 10. Okay. 10, yeah, 11. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I was, not, I, not to be aware of what yeah, was yeah. happening. I was yeah. a really impressionable age, too, you know? Like sure. A, 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 you know, I think a lot of people kind of, that's the start of when they get into something big, you know, their early teens. You know, oh, totally. Young the formative teens. years of where, yeah, when you, yeah. Have, when you have stuff to, when you have stuff that you start to kind of, you know crack your head open a little and be like whoa whoa like, what's that it's yeah like, it starts to tickle something and you're just like i wasn't aware that that existed yeah. were you born like born and raised in the the south bay area uh well i was born in the south bay and then we had moved to the valley so i lived in uh, thousand oaks okay yeah kind of like ventura area sure, sure until i was in i think uh fifth grade and then i moved to um el segundo which okay. is right by the lax airport in the south bay and stuff so i've lived there since then and why um, did what, what what precipitated the move like to the valley and then back to Oh, uh, my dad was he worked he was a plumber oh, okay. and he got a very big promotion kind of going from being kind of like an I guess an underling kind of thing to sure. you know manning his own truck to, oh, yeah, to yeah. being kind of like a head guy so mm-hmm. he um you know took the job and it kind of he didn't want to commute anymore either because he was commuting for a while he was kind of driving oh, from yeah. the valley to the south bay back to the valley every day and I was brutal and, and he hated it he's like this is terrible so. yeah 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 he, uh, yeah, we just moved to the South Bay. And did your, uh, what did your mom do for a living? Uh, at the time, my mom was just, uh, just a homemaker. She, right, didn't, right. she didn't have a job. She was just took care of me and my brother. Right, keeping you guys in check. Yeah, yeah keeping yeah, us yeah. in line. You know? Right, right, right. Um, and your your brother was younger. Right? My brother was younger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool dynamic because you know we always had some a parent there to right. kind of help us with whatever we need help with. And you know when dad got home, you know we'd have dinner together and stuff. So it was a yeah, it's a pretty pretty tight family structure yeah, yeah, from that absolutely, perspective. Absolutely. So then, yeah, as you as you obviously started to grow up and, you know, your head started to be cracked open in regards to, you know, the idea of, like, immediately identifying, like, because it's interesting that you say that because usually it's like, I mean, I guess that that age, you, your dad is still your hero in the sense, like, you haven't hated him yet, like, you know, because obviously yeah. everybody goes to that the, phase. The of like, angsty teen. Yeah, like, like, oh, like, oh, like whatever, yeah, they don't get me, they don't understand yeah. me. Of course, whatever my dad's to do is the worst. So, uh, yeah, that was obviously precipitate or, you know, before that. Um, but it's just interesting that you saw that and you were just like, yeah, man, I want to do what my dad does. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was just and so, he, I was so into it. Did he ever, like, once you obviously started to, you know, attempt to start bands and do that, like, did, was he super pumped that you were doing oh, that? supportive from the get go. Yeah. From day one. Like, um, it's weird because my dad had played guitar his entire life mm-hmm. and I just, I never picked up on it. I never played an instrument. So right. I think he wanted me to play guitar. Oh, I, but, I can almost guarantee that. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. But then I think once he, he found out, like he could tell that I, I just could memorize song lyrics and, you know, I could just sing along to stuff that like, you know, little kids shouldn't be able to sing along to or shouldn't like recognize the words. <laughs> right, to. Right. Nothing like vulgar, just like stuff that's like, yeah. you know. Kind of you you went immediately for the, the lyrics yeah, and the vocals. Hundred percent went straight to it. I, I gravitated towards that, and I think uh, once I started a band, you know, he didn't he didn't really understand the kind of music we were playing, yeah. but he he got it. He's like, you know what, this is what the youth of today is doing. Like he fully knew what Straight Edge was. Like he knew what I was about and what I was doing, and so he, you know, he was supportive of it. He he knew that I wasn't out there, you know, making a mess of my life. He's actually you know, I was trying to actually do something with it. Right, you know? right. So no, he, it's it's always it's always interesting to have that parent have somewhat of a perspective in regards to like what it what it's like to you know perform on stage basic as that sounds to have an understanding if a parent hasn't gone through that like they're obviously immediately going to react just like oh be a bit oh, yeah you're just gonna throw your life away john like, absolutely way to go dude. absolutely i think i think a, a big reason why i'm still in, in music today is definitely my dad yeah it was for him i mean my mom my mom's supportive too she just didn't she didn't have the 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 Frame musician, musician yeah, bug yeah, yeah. i guess you know she didn't have the kind of drive and the kind of like you know excitement for it is, is, right. is like my dad did so 
he was supportive of it. It was awesome. Uh, he, you know, he was fully into me quitting a, a full-time job to go on tour and, and, and lose money and do all that kind of, you, you know, <laughs> right. to start a band. It takes forever, man. And I'd come home with no money and I have to borrow money from him and stuff. And he, he, he knew the price it, it took, you know, so. Right, right, right. He was cool. And then as you were, uh, so like, as you started to go into high school, I presume, like was junior high, high school, is that when like independent music started to like, kind of infiltrate what you mm-hmm. were doing? Mm-hmm. I think it was a transition from eighth grade to high school is when I got the Offspring Smash and oh, I got yeah. like Green Day. I got real big into like records like that, like Dookie and right. stuff like that. And I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, mm-hmm. like it's still on the radio. Right. You know, because it was like, that's kind of how the exposure that I got. I was like, this is like kind of different from most of the radio music and it's kind of more aggressive. Right. Bands like that were the transition into bands like no effects and, and minor threat and, and, you know, black flag and bands like that to where it's like a more underground punk. Of course. And then it gives that, you, it gives you, it, it's like that. That's obviously it's like the gateway stuff It gives you the taste. And then like, you can totally find yourself being like, I need something like, harder more regret like yeah. you don't you you don't know how to express it but yeah. you're just like i think i need more like i don't know where to find oh i found this and then where else do i yeah, yeah. it's like it just starts to gnaw away yeah 100 percent. and then you know it went from that to to you know hardcore and then mm-hmm. kind of just all over you know? were you uh in school like did you give a shit about it were you like uh, as far as like you know your studies are were concerned and did your parents you know like impress on you like okay, you need to get education. Like, you may want to do the band stuff, but you need to get education. Like, how did that all transpire? Um, and were you terrible about it? Or were you like... Because you, you strike me as a guy that, like, is easy to get along with, but, like, just kind of don't get in my way. Like, and not in a dick way, but yeah. just, like, in a... Like, l- let me do this. Like, yeah. let me handle yeah, this. I, yeah, that's definitely the kind of guy I am. I think I'm, okay. you know... I, I Once I get my mindset on something, once I'm like, I got this, you know, don't bother me, I got it, you know? Right, right, right. Um, as far as schoolwork, I, I, I don't know. I never really... I never really applied myself as, as much as I sh- should have in school sure. looking back now you know it was more right. so about hanging out and kind of just yeah getting the next by show and graduate right, right. yeah looking forward to the weekend and go to shows and stuff and I didn't get horrible horrible grades but I wasn't a, I wasn't a good student yeah. I mean I, I didn't like doing homework yeah, yeah I just yeah. would go home listen to music and right. go, go skateboarding like <laughs> right, right right screw that yeah, yeah. So I, I never got like you know I never was got it, was it like did you try to find the level of where your parents were cool with what you got like like okay we can tolerate these grades yeah, yeah, we yeah. wish for better yeah but, okay. that's exactly the point I was at my parents were like well you're not a bad student but you're not I mean you're you're gonna graduate but <laughs> you're, you're on just, no honor roll yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly you're kind of just going you know right 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 so I mean at the end of, at the end of high school before I got real serious into playing bands and stuff I you know I, I had been going to shows and stuff I went to community college for like a year year and a half okay got I was it. studying like computer stuff like you know, I was gonna do web design and oh sure and all that that kind of stuff and that interested you at the yeah, time yeah, yeah, I, yeah for sure and then you know once I started playing shows I was like yeah I'm is not when going it, to school anymore because was was a dying dream your very first band mm-hmm. that's not fair like, I mean, because, I mean, not like a dying dream was obviously, like, revolutionary in any way, shape, or form, but you guys were pretty together for being a young band. Yeah. Like, and yeah. that band name isn't terrible. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, like, for all the band names that existed true, that True, time, true, true, like, true. It's not completely horrible. I mean, looking back now, I'm like, oh, man, what were we thinking? But right. it's cool. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, like, proud to say that I've only ever been in one band. I know. Dying Dream, right. my first and only band, and then we changed our name to The Ghost Instead. So I don't right. know if that... Technically counts or not? Because I mean, it is yeah. a different band. But it is, but I mean, but stylistically, it's not like you can trace the lineage. Like you can listen to what you did back then versus what you're doing now, and be like, oh, I see like components yeah. of yeah. what that was. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I would I would classify that as okay, band. cool, yeah. So I mean, yeah, that's that's a cool feeling, you know? <laughs> yeah, it is because uh, usually, yeah, I mean, my first band was called Doom Society, yeah, and we were we were. Uh, 
absolutely terrible. <laughs> Doing covers at birthday parties and just like, and playing covers that like, you know, it's not like we were playing like birthday party covers. We're doing like, you know, Battery and Chain of Strength. Yeah. And it's like, who wants to hear that? A fucking 16-year-old birthday? No, nobody. No I guarantee you nobody. We hardly wanted to hear ourselves do a terrible cover on yeah. So, but, but A Dying Dream, did that start to exist like towards the end of high school or like after? Yeah, once I graduated, I was working going to community college and my friend's band was actually a, was a dying dream. Right. And they had just kicked out their singer and they were like, hey, like, we need a new singer. Like, would you want to do it? At the time, I had never sang. I'd I was never about done, to say, you'd never, yeah. I'd never done anything. Right. Like, I, as far as I was concerned, when singers would hand me the mic, my voice would be terrible. Right, right, right. Yeah. I'd be like, Oh, yeah, trying to scream along, you know. Those are my fa- like some of my favorite parts, where it's just like you hear it, like you're watching a band. Sing along goes on, just like oh, yeah. yeah, and you're like, oh, who's who's yeah. that kid? Yeah, that that was that kid. So I was like, oh god, how's this gonna pan out for me? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I want to get kicked out of this band in like a week. You right, know? right. It, it's crazy too because I remember the very first show before I even before I even joined. They're like, we have a show in a couple weeks. We're playing um, at the Whiskey with Himsa. And I think it was Zayo, with Himza and Zayo. Okay. And we had to sell, t- like, 200 tickets. Right. <laughs> All just the best pay to play. Just, oh, exactly. Oh. You know, we, like, signed a contract saying we'd give them, like, you know, $4,000 or whatever the collectively it came out to or whatever. But right. All that stuff. So my first show was, like, you know, at, like, a legitimate venue with, like, legitimate sound and stuff. And I was like, I made it. Look at this. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm playing, on the, I'm playing, you know, in Hollywood. Yeah. Oh, the Sunset Strip, bro. Yeah, yeah. sick. Famous. And I remember that show, I remember, like, like I was totally fine, totally cool, and then people started showing up, and then I was, like, freaking out. I was yeah. like, holy crap, I have to sing in front of these people. Like, right. like this isn't a joke. Like, I'm not, I can't just be the kid <laughs> jumping on other kids and just, you know, right. having a good time. I have to be the one to... Right, get up there. Everyone's looking at me. Right. That freaks me out. So yeah, you're like, never... <laughs> before going on stage, I was, like, pacing, I was, like, sweating, I was like, oh my god, I can't do this. Right. I was like, should I just quit the band right now? Like, <laughs> what do I do? Should I quit <laughs> <laughs> amazing first show. Sorry, guys, can't do this. <laughs> You know I you know I told you I could sing for you guys yeah well I can't so about that see yeah. you later I'm out of here well um, yeah I mean the first show was was funny because you think this is a good idea when you're a kid you filmed your first show huh did you film that show uh my dad did yeah okay and he was he, so proud of me oh he of was course so proud he's like yeah, yeah. So you can't stop that yeah. the whiskey like you know how many bands put at the whiskey we just list these bands I'm like yeah dad <laughs> yeah they played there too it's, yep mm-hmm. cool because <laughs> then yeah because then you look back at that video and you're just like oh my. Like, there should never be documentation of this. Yeah. <laughs> but, of course, I can understand from your dad's perspective where it's like, of course I have to get little Johnny Boy jumping around on of stage. Of course, of course. Did, did the whole family come? Or did uh, your dad come? My dad and my mom, my mom came. Got it. Um, and, they, yeah, they were super, super proud of me. Like, our, all of our parents came to that show. And of course. It was cool. How, how, much, how much younger was your little brother? From- he was four years younger than me. Okay, got it, got it. But he, um, was, he wasn't allowed at the show. Was a little- I don't remember why he didn't come, but he wasn't there. For sure, 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 sure. He was doing something. I, he was like, I think it was when I was... 21? 20 or 21? Okay. When he watched you play for the first time? Yeah. Okay. So he was around 16, 17. You know, something that I've always noticed, especially like, you know, over the past, whatever, two, two and a half years, it's, it's been really interesting. Like, I mean, it's just always, it's always fun for me to watch people like yourself or, you know, like Jeremy from Touche, like whatever, all these people that we've grown up with and obviously are becoming successful in some, you know, are achieving some notoriety just because like we, you know, myself, I've always felt like I've just had this like front row seat of like, not only knowing the people that are involved, but then like knowing the scenes they've grown up with. And so it's funny for you guys because I feel like the ghost inside falls right into this middle ground of being not hardcore enough for the hardcore kids, but being too hardcore 
for some other kids that are like whatever you know you're i mean i know you guys have toured with them but like a day to remember you yeah, know where it's like yeah. it's like oh you yell a lot like yeah. there's not very much singing yeah and so it's like i find i mean you guys are obviously like have become successful at being that band that falls in that crack yeah, yeah. but have you like have you felt like that ever since, like, you know, you guys obviously, I mean, especially from, like, when the Epitaph audience starts, obviously started to pay attention to you guys. Have you felt like that band in the middle of being like, well, we're, I guess we're just doing our own thing? Yeah, right here? yeah, I mean, sort of. I mean, I, I've, I've always considered us a hardcore band solely because of the lyrics. You know, the, to me, hardcore is much more of a mentality and, and more of a, of a, of a feeling and, and, like, a sense of being as opposed to a sound, you right. know? I mean, you get what I'm saying, though, where it's just like there's kids who are just like, you know, your typical Bridge Nine kid is going to be like, oh, fucking, fucking ghost inside? Yeah, no way. Like, yeah. dude, when we, I mean, when, you know, when we announced Sound and Fury, like, we, you know, we put that out there because it's like, oh, cool, the ghost inside is playing Sound and Fury, and it's yeah. like, what, why would they not? Yeah, yeah. It's just that, it's that disconnect for, because, I mean, I'm like you, where it's just like, like, do you actually know the people that are involved in this music? Like, you know, yeah. like, the people that make up the ghost inside? Yeah. Like, they are hardcore kids. Yeah. And by definition of the term... It should apply. Yeah. Like, there's always there's always sticklers uh, like that, you know, who 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 are so into like I guess just kind of defending what they believe in, you know. And, and yeah. I, I get that, and of I course. totally understand those you know those kids who are so into hardcore and like you know they don't want it to get tainted and not dude. Like I I fully get that. You, <laughs> you would have done that at their age, maybe hundred percent, hundred percent. And I and I just you know I I we we do kind of ride the line, you know. We're yeah. we're we're not a straight up hardcore band, you know, and we're not like a day to remember kind of band. Right, you know, we're, of you, you you say we are in the middle, and it's I don't think it's a hard place to be. And I, I think it does us more good than we think, you know. Sure. Because I think that kind of appeals to kids who like a day to remember, but kind of want something heavier. They're like, you know, like day to remember's cool, and I'm having a good time, you know, like rocking out to them. But I need, like you said, I need yeah. something more. I kind of want something more gritty, you know. Right. And then, you know, we open for them, and then there's kids who are like. You're the heaviest band in the whole world. Right, like, right. get all in, and then get all into us, and that's cool for us, you know. And we'll go on tour with, you know, hardcore like straight up hardcore bands, and and you know, we'll kind of impress people, you know. And, and a lot of, I think right. a lot of people who hear the name or kind of just listen to some songs in the kind of the background and don't you don't really understand. I think once they see us, you know, I think they kind of get why why we kind of ride that line and why right. people. Some people think we're a hardcore band. Some people, you know, might think we're something else. And I think it does us more good than bad. I yeah, think. I think, and something that I've noticed too, where it's like. I think you guys have had to quote unquote prove yourself. I mean, obviously you've had to prove yourself because it's like a band that releases, you know, three full lengths and all of a sudden people are like, oh, they're pretty good. Like yeah. that doesn't obviously happen a lot of the times. It takes, you know, I mean, it takes maybe a full length and all of a sudden they're the hottest shit ever. But yeah. like, I remember that, that 10 for 10 tour where it's like, I really did feel the, not even like, I wouldn't even say desperation, but just like the, the art, like we got to fucking make an impression. Yeah. And like, hundred percent. We like this could be our our moment to like legitimize ourselves in some you know semblance of a scene, and not like in a like a way like oh please accept us, but like yeah. we want to impress this yeah. upon these people. Hundred percent. That's that's I think that's for us. We were we, at the time we were touring with a lot of our favorite bands. Right. Bane is one of my like all time favorite hardcore bands. You know, really love Crime and Stereo. Right. Poison the Well was on that tour. Madball did a couple weeks of it. Like right. you know like. <laughs> huge huge bands you know yeah. we were like a relatively brand new band yeah, you know yeah, yeah. so we we went on that tour thinking like okay like this is this is a, a genuine shot for us you yeah. know we could either fuck this up or we can do it you know we could do it right we could be ourselves we could just give everything we got and try to impress people and that's what we did you know we just played shows 
like we wanted to play them. And if kids were into them, cool. If they weren't, then you know, then I guess we just weren't gonna. We yeah, wasn't gonna help us. You know, I know, and it, it, it's it, something that impresses me about it too. Like the the way that you guys approach it, it's it's very, um, for lack of a better term, like the the bravado that because like when you do start to increase your audience, like to you know what you guys are at now, where it's like you can play the glass house and you can sell it out. You know, in these like eight hundred to twelve hundred capacity rooms, there is a certain level of like. Um, you know, once you've got to there, like you need to be this certain thing, mm-hmm. like on stage where it's like, okay, John, like you have to, you know, say like, fuck some shit up right here or whatever. Like you do these, like, you know, you fall into these patterns, like from a, you know, a band perspective. I don't know. You, you've always seemed to like strip it away in some, you know, some capacity where it's like, you're, you you may say a few of the same things each night of a tour, but a majority of it is just going to be like, you know, you with a microphone on stage. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just this weird, like. You guys have tried to subvert that in a way, but like I don't know if that was like if that's intentional or that obviously just comes out because that's who you are. And like, yeah, I think it's more so just because of who we are, you know. Um, I think and and style style of the bands too. I, I think I think bands who get you know big like you said off one record who kind of just they kind of don't know any better, you know. Yeah, they put on an album and and that's true. they're huge and they they go from being you know this band that you know plays like kind of cool shows to being like playing huge shows and they they don't. They don't know the steps that it takes. They don't realize, you know, the the kind of we don't need all this flashy stuff and all these, you know, these all this crazy production because we just like when it comes down to it, we just want to play for the people that paid to see us, you know. Right. Like people, like I'll look into the crowd and I'll see myself in kids like going to like taking yeah. shows or going to whatever shows and being like being the kid who is just so just invested in this thing, you know, and like and like that for me is enough to know that like I want to put on the best show. Like, I want to be able to play our songs and interact with these people in the best way that I can to make sure that they want to keep coming back. And they right. have a good time at these shows, and they don't feel like they got, you know, like... It's like, a, it's a genuine experience. Exactly. Because I do feel like it's like, there are certain facades that just, like, you just, you put up natural. well, not you in particular, but, like, bands put up just uh, naturally because of either the size of the room they play or just, like, the way that, the way that it is, where it's like... You have to, you know, say the name of the, like, what the fuck's up, promoter, whatever. Like, you have to say these certain mm-hmm. things. And not to say that, like, there's anything necessarily wrong with that. But it's like, then that's when it just becomes, like, that pattern. And you get locked into something and it kind of removes you from that exact thing that you're mm-hmm. talking about. Of, like, just looking out in the crowd and being like, like, oh, man, there was me, like, seven years ago or whatever, yeah. you know? Because then it just, then it just becomes, yeah, then I, I feel like that's kind of when it becomes, like, m- more of a, you know, a task or a job than the actual enjoyment mm-hmm. of the process of being in a band. 100%. And I, I think that for us, like, you know, like you said, we, we played a show and sold out the glass house. And we've also not, you know, not long before that, or even, I, I think we had did a headline tour, sold out the glass house. And right. then we played Aladdin juniors as a secret show down the yeah, street from right, right. glass house, which right. is like 200 cap, you know, tiny room, no, no, no barriers, like whatever. Like that's like, we're a kind of band that, just wants to play and like it yeah. doesn't matter if we're up there on a huge stage playing with thousands of people or in a small club face to face you know getting sweaty and you know bleeding with people like that's right like that it's, it doesn't matter like that's we're up that, there that's what you that's what you did for years and years exactly. and years before anybody exactly cares. exactly exactly yeah you know what I mean? we did that like like i think for us it's it's we're almost blessed in the in the fact that you know we didn't put our first record and become huge big yeah. successful you know like we we've seen the growth, we've seen the the progression, we've kind of pushed that boulder up the hill, you know, and like right. we're at a point where we're kind of reaching the top, and we're kind of like, I mean, not the top, like we're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Not, it's not like you mean. too, basically, but right? like yeah, exactly, no, but <laughs> no, but I mean, like you know, we're reaching a point where we're very very content with the progress we made as a band, you know, and I, right. I think that 
any kind of goal we've ever had at being in a band, we've far surpassed, you know? So we're kind of like, you know, kind of reaping the benefits of it now, playing, playing these bigger shows and, and, and kind of just staying the people we are and, and remembering what it's like to not have fans, but playing these big shows and, and kind of being like, yeah, we, we, we work for this. Yeah, we know, I'm, this. I'm proud of this. Right, right. Yeah. We you build know? this on our own and, and on our own backs and our own, yeah. our own musical vision. So yeah, we need to appreciate it. Yeah. And not to sound, you know, cocky or anything. It's just, no. we, we don't want to squander that, you know, we don't want to blow that up with like light show and these smoke cannons and confetti right. and all this stuff. And you know, like, that stuff is cool for for a lot of bands, of and it's, and it, it you know I, I don't know if we'll ever be that kind of band or that that is just our, that gonna that's gonna work for us. I don't right. think I think the people that like the Ghost Inside and like really love the Ghost Inside and see through all that stuff. Sure, you know? they sure. they they know that we are just plugged into the amps. Yeah, plug and, and play. Here we go. Yeah, that's what we yeah, are. Yeah. You know, we're not yeah. we're not like a flashy band. Like, no, you know, no. like and it's just yeah, it, it's yeah. worked for us, and that's what we are, and that's what we grew up on. So. That's what you continue stick, to do. Yeah, stick with it. The, um, as you, I mean, I think almost every person that has probably done an interview with you um, always mentions, um, you know, just like the idea of like, like we were talking about earlier, where it's like it takes a certain person to tour and blah, blah, blah. And this whole idea of like, um, you know, it's you, you obviously you don't spend any time, any real time at home to develop relationships and like exist. Like, you know, because obviously as you do it more and more, I always put it like this, where it's just like, it's, you know, you're in like a suspended state of animation. You're, I mean, you're living a life, but you're not living quote unquote life, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like the things that you do to try to remind yourself that you exist in this other culture of like, hey, I'm like, I'm going to live a life like outside of this band. Um, do you have to remind yourself a lot about that? Or is it just one of those things where it's like, you know, kind of take a day at a time, so to speak? Yeah, I've also I've also said the same kind of thing. I've kind of tried to describe people what we do and what it's like. You know, like I would say that my life, like my life, is kind of stagnant. Mm -hmm. It's I'm the same. Oh, the you same put it spot. on pause. Yeah, you put it on pause. I'm the right. same same spot. I'm the same person I've been for the past eight or nine years. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's like that's kind of weird to think about. You know, mm -hmm. and, and and there's a whole other aspect of my life that's just grown like you know just just so much has happened right that was a big part of our um our second record returners was i was i was on tour a lot we had toured our first record two years straight non-stop yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and the whole idea behind returners was we'd kind of come back to this place that we call home you know this like what you know and the things that make home home mm. were so different yeah. from when we left you know like like uh, like friends wouldn't be friends anymore and like you'd be like what you guys aren't friends anymore or you you'd come back and and you know your favorite places to go eat would be torn down you <laughs> yeah, know yeah, like yeah, yeah. a new thing would be you know there in its place and and you know i remember one time it hit me really 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 hard when i realized that my life was stagnant well everyone else's life was still going right i left for tour you know gave my parents a hug and kiss said i love you dad i'll see you later come back from tour and it's he had gray hair yeah in like a two month span of when I yeah, left and it, right. it freaked me out. Of course I could totally imagine. And that. that was the first time that I realized that life is not waiting for me. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's happening. Totally. It's, it's it, life is going right. Exactly. Whether I'm there with it or not. Right. Yeah. And the, the, I mean, I, I, nothing is more apparent to that than when you get yanked back into some semblance of reality when like, you know, whatever, a loved one passes away where it's just like, I mean, I distinctly remember being in like you know the like fucking like Nebraska or something and getting a call that you know my my uh, stepfather's father so my grandfather uh, was dying and like trying to figure out flights mm -hmm. to get to a place couldn't figure it out in order to like 
canceling dates and whatever, just like talking with everybody, trying to make it work. It didn't work. But then having that, like I said, yank you back into reality and like having like, oh, time has, time has passed. Yeah. And like, there's just those things of where like what, you know, like I always said, those, those anchors that you try to place down at home, like in order to kind of remind you of what not like not saying that band life is not important, but just being like, well, this, like this will ultimately this be where I land. Exactly. And like, how, how, how do you, how do you remain there while being away from it? You know? Yeah. You get so submerged in this lifestyle. You get so submerged and so like, so into what you're doing that you, that like you said, you kind of don't remember that stuff is going on, you know, and you, yeah. you get a call saying, you know, someone's sick and they're dying or, or, Hey man, like I'm getting married, you know, next month, you come, come to the wedding. And you're like, I, I'm, I'm going to be on the other side of the world. I'm yeah, going to be yeah. across the country. I, right. I, I can't be there, man. Like, and it's just like, it's so hard to kind of put that into perspective and, and to be like, like going on tour is quote unquote your job. Right. And when you're not on tour, it's, I guess, vacation, vacation or right. like if, if it ever could be, you know, like, like right. it's a weird thing to say. It's a weird concept. And I think that people get so, so into, into touring that they kind of, it's, it, they lose sight of what that there's a, a, a life and there's a world and that you're ultimately going to come back to this place. You right. Know? Like, this isn't going to last forever, especially no. a hardcore band. And, and, and you know I, what I mean? Yeah, and I feel I, I feel like so many people, like, they just figure out ways to keep that pause. Like, you know, like, just be like, well, I'll, I'll figure this out. I'll, well, I, you know, I'll, I'll go on the road. I'll tech for a band or whatever. And this is like, there are certain times where it's like you wish that someone could sit down with them and just be like, you don't need to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. There's other opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> because it's like then, then it's like you know, you see that, and not like there's anything wrong that people that dedicate themselves to the road because obviously those are people that are needed to make things function. Yeah, absolutely. But then it, you you do feel that sense of just like oh man, like just basic life shit you've just never experienced, and like that's in some respects that's probably a bummer. Mm-hmm. The concept of where you guys are at right now, where it's just like you know, it's taken you fucking forever <laughs> like for a long time yeah. to kind of build that to where you're at now like do people you know do people still come up to you and have that notion that like oh you guys are like you know you're, you're a new band like i saw you on warp tour last year and like you you guys have one full length that right yeah, definitely people there's a lot of people who who have gotten in the band and kind of don't know our backstory or don't know our history and don't yeah. really know we have other other albums out you know and right you know it's 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 so weird because I feel like we're a band that uh, if you're into our band you're like into our band you know like yeah. like there's not people like I don't meet a lot of people who are like yeah go yeah you guys are cool man I'm, it's either like oh my god you're like you're my favorite band like you've done this for me like I have this song tattooed on me like I have all your albums this and this and this right or people who are like yeah it's not my thing man you know whatever like like that's and that's fine like I, it's it's very rare that I meet like a kind of in between yeah kind of yeah, like yeah. A, yeah you guys are cool man like I got your last album. Right, you know, and that's it. So it's like it's 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 weird to to get people like you know the warp tour crowd, like you said, you know, people who have no idea who we are, just passing by, like yeah. you just get dropped oh, in the middle. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, I like this kind of music. Let me watch this band. Let right. me buy their album, you know. And then they kind of don't research it, and they kind of don't know there's anything else to it. They're, those are the kind of people who are just like just kind of whatever about it. Yeah, it's like it's you, you know, you're you're essentially at that point, like you know, just a, a mode of entertainment, and like obviously that's needed. Mm-hmm. Like that's complete. That's why music exists Definitely. in the first place. Um, but it, it is weird for bands like you guys to exist within like this proverbial scene where like there's 
there's a lineage, there's a history, there's a reason it exists. Like we're not just getting up there to be like, yeah. like watch us dance and yeah, be yeah, fucking yeah. cool. Yeah, it's just it's just funny. I'm sure for you to like obviously have to um, interact with people of that nature and still and and probably you know in certain ways like force yourself to relate to them on some level. Mm-hmm. Like even though you may be so removed from like your own personal experiences to be like, okay, well I can put myself in this mindset. Let's figure this out. Let's have let's have a genuine moment here. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, like your because your brother passed away, correct? Mm-hmm. I mean, the impact that had on your life, like it, it's always it's interesting to me, like because you seem just. I mean, because I've known you for a long time, you seem like you'll talk to anybody and you'll share anything, um, but you also seem reserved in some fashions as well. Where it's like you're, um, you have to know a person to a certain level to you know kind of let them in. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're also you know you're not bashful about you know sharing your opinions on you know social networks and what mm-hmm. have you and like when you know you were sharing the, the fact that your brother passed away on your social networks it was one of those things that it kind of struck me as a this this seems different than what you would give off normally, normally do yeah. yeah and like just because you might like you may have done that you know months after the fact or whatever but the fact that you like you were kind of experiencing it and like you know did you feel like that was sort of out of character for yourself yeah a little bit um i'm like I, i'm a pretty reserved guy you know i don't i, don't, I kind of try to keep uh you know, a little bit of, of my normal life to myself. You know, I don't like to kind of go and share my, you know, this is what I'm doing today with kind of the world, you know, like that's not really ever been really my thing, you know? Um, but my brother passed. So it was such a big deal to me that I, I knew, I knew I was going to write a song about it. You Mm -hmm. know, I was like, I like, I have to do something to, to, you know, tribute. Yeah. Cause how how, how did he pass away again? He had, uh, a heart arrhythmia. Okay. And, um, he, he had really bad heartburn all the time and he had no idea what it was from. He thought it was because he ate spicy food and stuff. And, right. you know, our family's not too well off and he, we, we never really had health insurance and stuff. Sure. So he wasn't ever able to go to the doctor and he was working, he was living with, um, my cousin in Colorado, which my mom had moved out to Colorado at the t- same time. So, you know, he was with my mom kind of and stuff. And yeah, he, he just had really bad like heart problems that he, he had no idea about, you know, like mm-hmm. he would get chest pains that think that were just kind of whatever, like, you know, right. nothing, yeah. nothing too crazy. And, and the heart arrhythmia, his heart would beat really irregularly. And oh, sure. uh, one night, his heart just flat out just stopped beating in his sleep. Mm-hmm. And it just never started again. Right. And so he just... So he just passed away in his yeah, sleep. Essentially had a, a, I guess it's a heart attack. Sure, sure. Um, and his heart just stopped. And, you know, my cousin went in the room to wake him up for work. And he just... Were you on tour at some? I was on tour, yeah. Yeah. And then, dude, it was like the... It, it hit me like a freight train. Of course. Like, like before... Because you, because I mean, you, because you, you live out here, obviously in California. But you said so. Your your parents got divorced. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah, okay. Got divorced, yeah. And so they, so your mom took your brother out to California or out to Colorado. Well, they had moved there separately. My mom had moved out there, and then my brother had moved out there uh, to for work, and he was living with my cousin. Got so it, got they it. they were there, but they weren't there together. Okay. Do you do you, so in California? Do you, do you do you have your own place, or do you live with your dad now? Um. Well, my my dad actually passed away too. But that's right. Yeah, I completely forgot no, about that. It's yeah, it's uh, it's it's all right. My uh, I live with my because um, your dad passed away after your brother, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So you, but I mean, when when he was out here, were you living with him? I was living with him. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Um. So it's me, and my dad, and then and then my brother and my mom, and then um, I had moved into a place with my uh, my friend, like my longtime friend. Oh, okay, got it. So I, I didn't live with my dad, but we like. We lived like he lived in Hawthorne. And I lived in Osceola. Oh, so right, right, like, right. Same so area. Next to each other. Yeah, got it, got so, it. so now, so your brother, your brother passed away. How how long ago? You said uh, it's four, three, 
three years now. Three years. Yeah. And then your dad passed away like within, like within a year. Yeah, correct? like last year. Yeah. Right, right. The illustration, especially when you are, you know, a quote unquote pseudo public figure. And obviously, you know, most of your lyrics deal with obviously like positivity and like pulling yourself up with your own bootstraps and like the ability to put on like a strong enough face to be able to like do what you do. Yeah. Like at the lowest of points, was it just like, like, I don't, I don't even know how I'm able to kind of put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. Like there, there, I definitely thought about just, 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 just walking. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like life hit me then, you know, right. I, 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 up until then, you know, nothing, nothing serious had happened. Like nothing, nothing brought me back to reality. Of course. I was in this bubble dream state, like just like, oh, this is, yeah, dude, I'm, a, I'm in Japan, I'm in Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. life, you know, this is cool. And then, right. you know, I, I never thought about death and I never thought about dying. You know, I always kind of assumed that everyone that I, you know, knew and loved would be around forever and everything would be, of you course. know, perfect. And did you have any, was there any religious affiliations within your family at all that were, like, uh, no, were... we weren't, we weren't like a religious, yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. both my parents, you know, were, I guess Christian, they both believed in God and, you know, did that sure. kind of thing. But you weren't raised with anything exactly, where it's like, exactly. John, you got to go to church every day. Exactly. Yeah. No, no. So that I could easily see why the context of you being like, yeah, like they'll be, they'll be around until they're 95 and then like, well, it'll be good. It'll yeah. be fine. I just assumed, you know, this is, that just, that was just my mentality. And, and, you know, once my brother had passed it, it, I realized that how fragile really, how really fragile life is, you know, and how, right. how little time that, we should spend doing stuff that we just absolutely hate, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, I'd rather be poor doing what I love than be rich doing something I hate, you of know? Of course. Like, I don't ever want to spend one second of this life unha- unnecessarily unhappy. Sure. You know? Yeah. Like, you know, no one's ever going to be happy all the time. No, Obviously, stuff's going to happen, you know? But- you, you need... <laughs> the the pursuit of, like, joy and happiness and all those things where it's just like, oh, like, I... Or not even that. The, the pursuit of joy and happiness in and of itself, I believe is obviously it's like, great. That's what everyone should strive to. But the idea of like fun, like, Oh, I gotta be having fun all the time. Like, yeah. no, you don't like yeah. th- what the, what the fuck do you do when fun is not there? Yeah. Like you just go in this level of depression. It's like, no, like it has to balance itself yeah. out. And like, that's those, those things that you've experienced, like you experience. Cause I mean, you, a kid never wants to bury their parent and, or a younger sibling. Those are like, Timeline wise, that's yeah. not supposed it's to work not, out. Yeah. Like that. Uh, yeah, it's 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 gnarly, man. I'm and, sure it's. I'm sure these these are things that you're still wrestling around with in regards to like. Do, you know, do you feel like oh, I wish I had that time away back from them, like in the sense of like oh, I wish I, you know, spent more time with them. Like, are yeah. there are there any like lingering regrets from that perspective? I, I wouldn't say regrets because I know what I did made my brother and my dad both very proud. That's so right. I don't regret. I don't regret it, but I obviously wish I had more time to spend with both of them, you know, as as anybody would. And they were both so sudden. They were both completely just one day alive, one day not, you know, like not, not getting sick, not going to the hospital, not like grieving. There's no, there's no grieving process. There's no like, you know, there's no acceptance process. It was just like, bam, gone. Yeah. My life, my life is utterly changed. So it's like, it's, it's, that's difficult. It was a difficult thing for, for, you know, me to have to deal with. And, and and everybody at some point in their life has to deal with death. You know, it's not something that is unavoidable to everybody, you Mm -hmm. know? And it's, I just remember that being the first time where I actually thought about like, do I, should I keep doing this? Am Mm -hmm. I, am I squandering? Like, could I be spent, should I be spending my time differently? Like, should I be doing different, this life like a different way? Right. And, like when my brother passed away, like it had broke my parents up, you know, obviously like you never think that you're going to see your, your, you know, your kid, your kid yeah. pass away. Like, right. It's not something that you're ever going to have to deal with. No. So they were broken up about it. And, and I, I talked to my dad. I was like, Hey dad, you know, like it was just me and my brother. So I was an only child now and right. I was all they had. And I was like, you know, I know this is, this is hard for, for both of us, for, you know, me, you and, and mom and 
you know, I'm, I'm thinking about just hanging it up, you know, and just kind of just starting a family and kind of just doing my, you know, normal, right. quote unquote, normal life stuff. Yeah. And he was like, he's like, Jonathan, I don't ever want you to, to spend one second of this life not doing what you want to do. Don't do anything because society makes you want to do it or because you think you have to do it or because someone else is telling you to do it. Mm. This is your life and you need to do what makes you happy. Right. And that was like the best advice my dad has ever, I mean, my dad is a very smart guy. Like, you know, he gave me tons of amazing advice, but that advice in particular is what the reason why I'm still playing in the band. Right. Because I was going to walk away. I was going to be like, this is too much for me. Like, I can't do this. I yeah. cannot be away. I cannot, I cannot hear news like that ever again, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, in a way, that was like, that was basically like his permission slip to you of being like, like, no, like, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and be like, you need to come home for me mm-hmm. because that could end up obviously, you know, making you unhappy and in turn, like, you know, despising your father mm-hmm. later in life, whatever. Like, yeah. Have, have what, yeah, whatever the repercussions of it were, yeah. Right, 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 yeah. right. And he, you know, he was, he was proud of what I did and, and, and all the work I put in. And he, he knew he knew the progress that we made. And, right. You know, at the time, um, you know, we were starting to work on our newest album, Get What You Give. And right. we were signing Epitaph and all this stuff. And he was just like, you, you can't you can't walk from this, man. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Worked, This is your opportunity. You worked right. years for this. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. There are millions of people in this world who would kill to be in your position. He's like, sure. you, can't, you can't walk from that, man. Right, right, you, right. you right. got to see this through. It's, gr- it's great that he obviously had, like you said, had that wisdom to be able to, like, give you sound advice at that point mm-hmm. and not like, cause he ultimately he could have been selfish and just be like, yeah, like I see what you're doing. Like, yeah, of course come home. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want you home. Mm-hmm. But he had the wherewithal to be like, like, no, this is, you know, he had the, he had the, the appropriate perspective. Mm-hmm. And so like, obviously when he, when, when he passed, was it, was it one of those things like those words, even though he wasn't there, just completely echoed true where it was like, your your brother's passing hit you hard to where you wanted to reevaluate things, and it obviously your dad's passing, I'm sure, hit you you know just as hard, if not harder. But then you also probably had that voice in your head where it was just like, like the, now this is kind of basically for my dad. Yeah. Well, I had come home. I had come home for tour when my brother passed. Right. And when my father passed, I I was I, I had literally we had landed in Australia. Yeah. Doing one of the biggest tours we've ever done, and you know playing the thousands and thousands of kids we were going on tour with a very big australian band right and um first show played our first show was great went to bed like the best mood ever like this tour is gonna be great yeah i wake up you got a missed call from every oh, person in my family yeah and i i knew I, yeah i knew right i knew what it was because i had got just, the same thing right you just wash over you. i knew yeah. what it was right I, I didn't go home yeah my my grandparents my my dad's mom didn't understand why I needed to be on the road. Like she didn't she didn't understand. She was like, she's like, you're not on a plane right now. You need to be here. And I was like, I was like, I could, she she didn't get it, you know. And, right, but I knew right. I knew that my father got it. I knew that my father wanted me even with with his passing, wanted me to finish that tour. Yeah. He he was so proud of the fact that we had people that care about what I was doing on the other side of the world. The world away, right. He didn't, he would never ever want me to let them down. Yeah. He would never want that. Dude, that's fucking insane that you had to sit there and like on the phone with your grandma would be like, I am not coming home. Yeah. Like, and to be like, I'm sure she was heated. Like you said, yeah. heated about she it. She was, yeah, she was broken up. My whole family was, they, you know, they, they didn't get it, but my dad was kind of not the outcast, but my dad was the, the only musician in the family. So sure. he like, you know, he, yeah, he got things that no one else he did. Got, exactly. 
Right. So they, no one else could have ever understood. Yeah. That's just, it's just insane that, that, cause I mean, obviously, you know, when, when traumatic things happen to families, you see true sides kind of come out of places that you never expected, you know, like it was just like, oh wow, like that's, I didn't think that person would react that way or whatever. Uh, but for you to feel that exerted pressure where it's like the person that you would be able to rely on the most, like obviously wasn't there and just be like, oh, but like he gets it. Like, yeah. He got it, but yeah. he can't like, that's because my father passed away. Like, I mean, he, I think it's on five, five years now. And it's like the times that I miss him the most are the times because he, he didn't live in Southern California, lived in Vegas are the times that it's like, you just want to go to him for advice. Exactly. You just want to pick up the phone and call. I, it's, it's crazy because I've done that a few times. I've picked up the phone and to call my dad and be like, oh, oh, yeah. That won't go anywhere. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I think that's, that's, those were the hardest, that, that was the hardest for me. Right. Of everything that happened and all the scenarios I've ever been in, instances I've ever been in, that's always the worst. Right. That always shook me. Sure. Right. There's, there's just those moments, because it's like those individual moments of like, you know, like, because, for me, I always usually called my dad and like, you know, Christ, like when I was having some sort of crisis of faith and needed advice, like, or I wanted to tell him something positive, you know? Of course. And so it was like, cause I don't know that just seems like a natural father son. Like, yeah, of course. And so, yeah, we like, when you were like, oh man, like who the fuck do I talk to in this yeah. moment of crisis or yeah. whatever? Um, and the, to kind of flip things to a more positive, <laughs> the, uh, cause I mean, obviously it's like, you're always going to miss him, but the fact that you like, I just, I think that's so special what he said to you because like i said it is that sort of like permission slip that just yeah. like john no matter what what happens like see this through man yeah and i'm sure that gives you like clarity of mind to know that like well i'm i'm gonna do this yeah i mean he he essentially said hey like <laughs> he basically told me hey having a normal life is gonna be there He's yeah like, it's yeah. not it's not super glamorous right it's like you can always come back to it sure do this right now yeah you're not gonna get another chance right have fun with it right when it's over your life is going to be here for you. Yeah, so you're, yeah, you're yeah. gonna you're you're gonna experience normal life. It's going to be here, right? Whether it's now or whenever. It's yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. Totally, totally. Yeah. I mean, so that, that's that's the, seriously the reason why I'm still going. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's seizing that moment and the kind of to to wrap things up. The um, you know, the idea that like I was saying, where you guys are at right now, it's like it's just it, it's just weird because it's like you, you look at you know whatever you look at a band like you know Poison the Wall as you were mentioning earlier, where it's just like. To us, that was like when they were at their peak, you were just like, nothing could get bigger than this. And then it's like, then you see where, you know, fast forward 10 to, you know, 10 years later now to where it's like you're seeing bands like, you know, yourself and, you know, other bands that are, you know, even much larger than what you guys do where you're just like, like, this is insane. And like, how, how do you guys within the band obviously not let the, you know, sort of like the business pressures and like obviously the music industry as a whole kind of like, you know, tr like wear you down to where it's just like, man, because you, I mean, there are many moments in your music business life that you guys could have been like crushed by that pressure mm -hmm. and just crushed by all of the shit that got thrown on your shoulders. Like, did you, you guys just kind of try to keep a level head about it? Like, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, you've been on, on both on the, on the band side and the business side of, of, yeah. of the music industry, you, you know, the kind of stuff that comes, you know, and it's, the swings are kind of gnarly, you know, like there's things that you never thought that you'd have to be a part of being in a, like, like I, I want to play in a band. I want to sing. That's, that's, I don't want to deal with all this stuff. I don't right. want to think about this stuff and, right. you know, and that stuff comes and, 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 or, or like, or like even, even on the other side of that, like being in a band and, and, and looking up to these bands and then going on tour and then kind of realizing like now that your, your, your band is bigger than that band ever was. And you thought right. that band was the, the biggest band on the entire planet. Of course. You know, and that that's like a, it's weird to balance out to kind of like 
to be like, yeah, like we do play these, you know, bigger shows. We are, you know, pretty successful, but I'm still just a, a, a normal kid, you know, I, like I still, yeah, like I'm still that kid. Of course. 10 years ago. Right. I was excited to go to shows and see bands and, and stuff, you know, like I'm still that guy at being the front row, you know, and it's like, I don't know, it's, it's just a, it's, it's kind of, you kind of just got to take everything as it comes, you know? Yeah. And kind of just. I think for me, I think the reason why we are as far along as we are is because we don't bind the kind of the industry standard and kind of be like, okay, well, this is the progression for you. You guys have to do this or this has to be your next record or, you know, you need to tour these bands or do this. And we've never kind of just kind of always done our own thing and and told ourselves that we'll play with any bands. We'll play in front of any kind of people and we'll just do our thing. And if people are into it, they're into it. If they're not, they're not. Right, right. And that's the core of what our band is. If people like our band awesome right. if they don't then that's not their thing you right. know there's no point in trying to change our sound to pick up all these other people you know yeah. like like we're not we're not we're not a band that kind of like i guess we're kind of lucky in the sense that we kind of wrote fearing the fallen ones and we did the kind of melodic hardcore stuff melodic metalcore heavy whatever right. you want to call it right stuff and then it got popular yeah 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 you, you got know? you hit you hit a crest of a wave that was able to kind of exactly yeah yeah and it we weren't a band that was following a trend, you right? Know? And we we got l- lucky in the fact that that's kind of where music had headed, right? Know? Yeah. And you know we owe a lot of it to to you know our peers and, and bands, you know, in the same genre as us, and not kind of just you know making the music that they do and, and kind of getting the people who necessarily would never listen to the Ghost Inside right. into us by you know by you know the transitive property. Uh, yeah. I like this band. This band is kind of sounds like this band, kind of into this band. I like. Ghost inside now, right, right, right. You know, and it's like for us that was a big thing because we toured our like one of our very first tours. We toured with metal, metal death, death metal bands, and right. we were like, "What are we doing? Is this even helping us?" After a while, we saw you know these these metalheads kind of coming to these shows, and God, this like, this is going to be terrible. And then we'd come back on our next tour, and those same people would be there. Wow, you know, and it'd be like, "Whoa, like we are we're making fans doing this. <laughs> like this worked." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like. We just kind of had the same, just the same kind of well, mantra, I guess. It's kind of just yeah. play our songs, and if people are into it, they're into it. If they're not, there's no sense in trying to be like, "Oh, we can change for you. We can, like, we can we can make it work. We can right. make it so you like us." Like, well, I think, and I think that like that that really comes through, like that sort of core mantra, because it's like <clears throat> for anything you guys do musically, whether or not it's like, "Oh, hey, I'm gonna have clean singing on this one song on the record," or "I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna th- this is the way that we're musically evolving." It doesn't seem forced, and ultimately, I think people not only in the timing of the music that you guys are playing, but I think like people at this point, especially from just like the larger sort of pop culture perspective, people are looking for like honest visions where it's just like, you know, you look at a, you, you look at something like, um, you know, whatever, a person, a stand-up comedian like Louis CK, where it's just like, you know, I mean, the dude has been in stand-up comedy for 30 plus years. And now people are gravitating towards him because it's just like, Oh, he's showing us what he really is on his television. Show. Yeah, yeah. And like that honesty. And it's like, I think that it's really important for bands to kind of have like just that, like you said, that core mantra, because you do see a lot of it just get very easily uh, thrown away when all those other things start to kind of infiltrate. Where it's just like you know, a band just immediately throws aside like any sort of you know feelings of attachment to a scene or like where they came from or whatever for you know fame and fortune. I use that you know in air quotes yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah, of course. But yeah, so it's like I, I think that's like kind of the you know the honesty is what people are injecting into you guys and like feeling projected out back towards them, you know. And so it's I mean it's just cool to see that all kind of manifest itself, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks, man. It's uh, it's it's been it's been fun. It's yeah, been, it's been good. It's it, like I said, I've 
far surpassed anything I, I've ever thought I'd ever do in the music industry. Right. And, and, and to be as far along as we are, is, it's really incredible. Well, all you, wanted, all you wanted to do was play the Elsa Gunna Teen Center. That's dude. seriously all I wanted to do was play the Teen Center for my friends. That's it. That's it. Everything else was just like, oh, weird. I guess we're doing this Bonus, now. dude. <laughs> Bonus. Well, I really appreciate you hanging out and coming over and making this happen after months and months of missing each other. I know. I am so sorry. Man. You don't even apologize. So that was John. Great guy. It's funny because I try to think of a, a different descriptor for all of these people that I have on the show, but they're all great. They're they're nice, and it's just nice to be able to talk to a person and have them obviously turn off any sort of like press quotation soundbite-ness and just, just have that conversation. So The Ghost Inside is going to be touring, and they'll probably be in your city like next week or the week after that. They're relentless when it comes to that, so check everything out. I personally really like the band and what they do. And um, now that you have a better understanding of John, hopefully you will like it as well. Visit 100wordspodcast.com, propertyofzack.com. The editor for this episode is Tom Richfield. He's he's just the greatest. I wish I could hug him on a daily basis, but um, alas, I can't. He's he's in the United Kingdom. so um, And I, I don't even know if he would like that every day, if, if I were to hug him. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Until next week, everybody, some amazing shows coming up. We have Steve Brodsky from Cave-In, Mutoid Man. We have... Dan Lampton from Real Friends and oh, so much other awesome stuff. So I can't wait to share with you and I'll talk to you next week. Be safe. I know.